everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cap Podcast. We're come rain, shine, or anything in between. We're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Balthazar. And welcome to the weekly recap. And just from top to bottom, we're going to be going over basketball, recruiting, volleyball, soccer, and a baseball announcement. And then, of course, the famous, quote-unquote, wacky segment of the week. But let's just dive straight into this by talking about men's basketball recruiting. And that is, they have a brand new commit for the 2023 incoming class. And that is three-star forward from East St. Louis, Illinois, McCaleb Rich, who held offers from MU and Ole Miss, and allegedly K-State managed to fend off pushes from both schools towards the back end of the recruitment in order to secure Michaela Rich. So while the rich get richer, we can talk to Connor. And Connor, what do you have for him on, uh, what do you have about Michaela? Um, Right now, the main aspect of his game seems to be just that he's an absolute athletic freak. Uh, a lot of his highlights are him getting way above the rim and blocking shots or uh, just throwing it down. He does have a bit of a slept on uh, shooting game. It's nothing phenomenal. Um, And it's something that if he were to develop it, he would be a four-star top 50 prospect in my mind. Um, But he's the sort of, he's like a developmental big that I think the staff is going to really thrive on where they just get a guy that's an unbelievable athlete and can do that really well. And, they basically make highlight plays on offense, make some big dunks, and they're incredible defenders and play bigger than they are. So I, I think that's the type of uh, post player the staff is going to be looking for going forward. Uh, Michaela Bridge is athletic enough to guard multiple positions. He's 6'7", 225. Um, and yeah, he, he is a better outside shooter than I think he's probably going to be given credit for. Uh, doesn't mean he's a phenomenal outside shooter, just that he's uh, he's okay. He, um, at it. It. he can do it. Yeah, it, it is something he's capable of at minimum. I think he shoots in the th- like mid 30s at the high school level, which is fine. He's not going to be asked to do that a ton, I would imagine, unless he really figures it out. But yeah, the and then yeah, Kase does beat Mizzou and Ole Miss. Uh, and then uh, goes into Illinois and gets another really high level prospect. Um, on 24-7, he's the 129th ranked player in the country. It was the third best player in the state of Illinois. So that actually gave K-State the, according to 24-7, the number one and number three players from the state of Illinois, which is kind of a pretty big recruiting statement, honestly. Um, one's uh, Day-Day, isn't it? Day-Day Ames? Yes. Yes, Day-Day Ames. And then um, uh, Michaela Bridgman on three, he's 178. Second in the consensus rankings, uh, seventh in the state of Illinois. Um, ESPN doesn't have him rated rival. He's a consensus three star across the board, uh, just under a four star and on three and 24 seven. Um, but yeah, I really like him and his athletic potential. I'm trying to think about K-State comps, but there's really not one player that I'd say that he's very similar to um, in terms of athleticism. It kind of feels like Dominique Sutton from some of those uh, um, late 2000s Frank Martin teams. And those were some fun teams. Uh, Granted, his skill set is different. Uh, For one, he can actually shoot the three. Um, But 
Uh, he and he is a bit of a different player uh, than Dominique Sutton, so it's not. It's definitely not a perfect comparison, and I wouldn't go around telling people that he is Dominique Sutton just because I don't think that's <laughs> particularly accurate. But I'm struggling to think of a really proper comparison off the top of my head, at least. Um, but I like Michaela Bridge a lot uh, to um, add to this class. Uh, what is, as things stand, the best recruiting class K-State basketball's had in a very long time um, and potentially will grow more. I'd imagine they feel pretty good about what they have. Um, there's, If I were guesstimating, they're probably not going to take more than like two more guys. I, I think that I think it'd be surprising to see them take uh, more than uh, two more people uh, in this class. Yeah. But yeah, pretty much everything you said, I agree with. He's just a really, really good athlete who's able to drive to the bucket really well. Because there's one at there's one highlight where I saw he also just doesn't give up. Like he's a full tilt, full go player. And there's a highlight where he someone misses a shot, other team gets the rebound, and then he gets it back, takes it to the other end of the court and just slams it. And it honestly looked really unfair because not only was he bigger than everyone else, he was faster than everyone else. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I Michaela he, he is an athletic monster absolutely. on the court. Yeah, so I, I'm really excited about that one. You know, him, Michaela Rich, and um, RJ Jones, and Data RJ Ames. Jones, RJ Jones, and Data Ames. You know, that's going to be a really exciting recruiting class. So you know, and it's not complete yet. I think if I'm remembering correctly, there was a graphic someone put out. There's two free spots. Like regarding if no one else leaves other than seniors this year. Yeah. So um we might use um all of those for the high school ranks. We might save one for a transfer. Uh it remains to be seen. Uh based on how recruiting is going, it seems like the staff is gonna want to go for uh bigs in the portal. Mm-hmm. Um, or JUCO bigs rather than uh bring in a big and develop them. Um I'm just speculating based off of like six months of the staff. So that's really not a fair assessment really, but based off their patterns thus far, that kind of seems like uh, the goal that they have in mind. Mm. But again, it remains to be seen. Yep. But no matter what the future holds, Michaela Rich has committed to us a few days ago and we're happy about it. So welcome to the doom tank line and the family, Mr. Rich. But now we can move on to recapping the sports that played. And uh, there aren't there aren't many dubs to talk about. In fact, there uh there aren't any. There aren't any dubs to talk about this week. But they can start off with the volleyball recap. And the first one was a it's just a painful loss in the Sunflower Showdown against KU. I was actually in attendance this game. I was in like the second row and it was, you know, we first two sets, everyone kind of felt bad. First, let's go over the the scoring. First two sets went to KU 25 to 19 and then 25 to 23 sets three and four went both 25 to 20. And then the extra set, which was forced was 15 to seven in favor of KU leading to a three to two KU victory. 
this was deflating. It really was because those the sets three and four, like the crowd was actually really into it. Like we were actually, like we were more into it. We were more into it than just about any other, any other volleyball game that I've ever attended, which granted I've only attended, you know, roughly three or four, but you know, it's still, it was deflating to get manhandled in that last set in the way that we did, especially in the team's big rivalry game and in front of such a large crowd. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is the sort of game that really should uh, have been uh, put away by K-State because they had this huge comeback um, all to really come up short. Uh, they didn't uh, play super well the first set. Uh, it wasn't like a blowout or anything, but uh, second set they did, I believe, blow a lead late there. Then they take three and four, 25, 20, and then yeah, that uh, fifth set just run out of juice uh, at the end of the the match. Um, but yeah, attacking wise, uh, not a ton to write home about. Uh, honestly, going uh, up and down, uh, at least in terms of overly efficient players. Shaylee Myers did hit really well. Um, um, twenty seven attack attempts, thirteen kills, two errors, hitting four oh seven. So really good there. And then. Now, other than that, Katie Fernholz, 22 attack attempts, 10 kills, 4 errors, 273. But Malia Carter and Elena Baca don't have the best days. Malia Carter had 65 attack attempts, 20 kills, but 14 errors, hitting 092. And then Elena Baca was actually uh, um, uh, underwater with her hitting percentage. She was hitting minus 0.133, 15 attack attempts, 3 kills, 5 errors. Sydney Bolding had a nice day again, 25 attack attempts, 10 kills, zero errors. Um, and then Haley Warner, 19 attack attempts, six kills, four errors. Uh, 10 service errors, two, five service aces. Um, not a great number there. Uh, better than KU did. They had 11 service errors to uh, three aces. Um, but four errors just to, to just one ace uh, by Aaliyah Carter. Uh, Mackenzie Morris had 20 digs. I believe she became the all-time dig leader at K-State. No, she was the fastest to hit 1,000. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Um, so she did do that uh, in this in this uh, match. Um, other than that, um, Elena Baca had 13 digs as well. Um, but it was a uh, you know, kind of really disappointing outcome uh, after performing fairly decently. Uh, and a lot of that is uh, KU's just a really good team, but when you're allowing uh, one of KU's players, London Davis, to she went 34 attack attempts, 22 kills, and not a single error. She was hitting six four seven, yeah, which it is in, it, it was in the exact same spot too. They kept hitting the exact same spot on the court, and it just we didn't adjust to it for the longest time. Yeah, and that that is unbelievably frustrating. Uh, to let happen, which I mean, granted, to do that, you have to be good. And KU is a very good volleyball team. They nearly took down Texas, and we know how good Texas is. Um, so, but still, you know, you get that close in a rivalry game, really need to finish, but just not quite able to bring it home. That's pretty disappointing. Yeah. And especially in front of that crowd, it was uh, 2,600. And I believe that number that was there, it actually kind of felt like more, especially because of how into it some people got. They even played every time we touched. Like they were trying to, they were trying to get that hype. They they didn't play Sandstorm because they're not stupid. But they're, <laughs> they they're not stupid. 
and it's also not basketball. But yeah, this was this was a really disappointing result, especially you know sitting there watching it happen. Granted, what happened immediately afterwards was the Oklahoma game. This was not a good sports weekend for me, except for the K State game, like against Oklahoma, because MU lost in the most painful way possible. The Chiefs lost because Chris Jones talked free him, but. <laughs> you know, at Wake Forest lost. I was rooting for them to beat Clemson. I I was not having a good weekend. <laughs> yeah, but at least the one game that went well was incredible. So, yeah, that's true. You know, silver lining, I suppose. Yeah. But the next matchup was K-State at Texas Tech in Lubbock. And this one wasn't even close. It was it was 0-3. K-State got 0-3'd by the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I watched this game. This was another one that even though the first sets of the, the scores of the first two sets were close, it it didn't feel like at any point we were going to win this match. It went 25-22, 25-23, and then 25-15. And it, it we'll get into the grander takeaways after we go over stats, but it's just it was not a good performance. Yeah, clearly not. Uh, only hit 144 as a team comp- compared to 272 uh, for Texas Tech. Um, so the offense isn't working and the defense isn't working. And that's really, really concerning. Um, Elena Baca, 32 attack attempts, 12 kills, 4 errors, hitting 250 um, on the day. Kitty Fernholz, 14 attack attempts, 8 kills, 1 error uh, on the day. Um, other than that, Aaliyah Carter only plays in two sets, gets nine uh attack attempts, one kill, three errors, not a good day. Shaley Myers, 37 attack attempts, 10 kills, three errors. Um, there's not a lot happening there, really. Um, really, really poor uh performance all around. Um, Texas Tech um, just completely outplays K State and most conceivable ways um Mackenzie Morris got 17 digs um not much else to report really other than that we had a handful of errors but only a couple aces uh not a ton going on there um yeah just a wholly unremarkable volleyball match in the worst way possible for K-State who after this falls to nine and six and oh and two uh, things are the wheels have kind of started to fall off for the volleyball team. It feels like uh, either that or they really just uh, handled the letdown from the KU game really poorly. Um, I, I'm trying to reconcile what happened here, but uh, it, it's just a really poor performance all around. Uh, nothing on the stat sheet suggests otherwise. Uh, thoroughly disappointing. Yeah. And now we can talk about the grander context because after a a start which had us going nine and two, which our only losses were to at the time ranked in the top twenty five University of Central Florida, and then the other loss was to the other losses to Loyola Chicago, who's a solid squad. We have dropped four straight games, and all of those, granted, were quality opponents, but. The Big 12 is a quality volleyball conference. You have to beat quality opponents. I know Rice was ranked going into it. Crichton was ranked going into it. But K 
KU and Texas Tech both had above 10 wins going into this, both of their matches. And, you know, maybe it's kind of on us for getting our hopes up after starting nine and two, you know, but losing four straight, that's, that's, that's tough, especially losing your first two in conference play. Yeah, they're, they're digging a hole that's going to be really difficult to get out of uh, going forward. Um, a lot of things are going to have to change and go the right way uh, for volleyball going forward. But I'm, at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of this is just going to come back to uh, they're just not a particularly deep team, not even in terms of quality, just in terms of pure numbers. I mean, there's only, I think, 12 or 13 on the roster. So it's not like there's a lot there. Uh, to really work with um so it's gonna be difficult there uh and then uh they they've been kind of perpetually a young team for a while now and the volleyball program has been kind of treading water these last few years i feel like because they're they're kind of in athletics limbo because the volleyball facility isn't done yet uh but they're not in a hern which was their place um so they're they're, the whole program is really yeah, it's just a very strange spot to be in. And then on top of it all, they're really just not having they, they're in the middle of a really of a real rough patch uh, in terms of on the court performance. They really, really need to come back uh, this weekend and take care of business against Iowa State. They really just need to put up a W uh, more than anything right now. I think that they just need to do something to right the ship. Because uh, the season could be, uh, this the season could get going in the wrong direction, uh, really quick and become difficult to stop. Because there's probably not going to be a lot of gimmies uh, in this conference, if any at all. So, no, it, yeah, I, I agree. It it's just really concerning to have a competitive game against KU, your rivals at home, and then get smoked on the road. It's it's concerning. It really is for the the outlook of the season. But the next volleyball matchup is this Sunday against Iowa State in Bramlage. So if you're not doing anything else, please be sure to drop by and support the Volley Cats. But next up is the Soccer Cats. They had one lone match this last week, and it was a loss up against at the time eight two and one Oklahoma State. They were one and zero in conference. K State unfortunately fell one to nil. And that moves K State to four, five, and two on the year with O one and one in conference. And I mean, the scoring was done quickly. The goal was done in the fifth minute. So, you know, the rest of the game was thrilling. Yeah, you know, sometimes soccer is like that. Uh, that just kind of happens sometimes. Soccer is a weird game where it really does. Uh, the scoring can happen early, it can happen late, it can happen in the middle, it can just be kind of consistent throughout. And it's one thing if there's not a lot of scoring, uh, but there's a lot of attempts, at least in a lot of like big uh, chances. Um, but this game, there wasn't a ton of shots on either side, especially K-State's side. Uh, K-State gets two shots in the first half, three in the second, not a single one on target. Uh, then Oklahoma State, they get 10 total shots off, five of them on target. Uh, only one of them needed to get home, and that was enough for him. Uh, corner kicks were about even seven over the match for uh, Oklahoma State, five for K-State. K-State doubled up 
almost uh, doubled up Oklahoma State in fouls. Um, no yellow cards or anything in this match. Um, yeah, tough one to really tough one to drop the points on because you go and you uh, you're able to salvage a point against Iowa State, but you'd really like to see see the team come back and at least split the points with Oklahoma State at home. Uh, Oklahoma State is a, a good team, as I recall. Yeah. Um, my knowledge of the like, history and like lineage of women's soccer and the Big 12 is fairly limited just because I haven't paid attention to it for that long because Gay State didn't have a team for a while. Yeah. But um, it's a uh, You'd like to see them do uh, a little bit more. And then this is a good Oklahoma State team. Uh, to be fair, they only have one loss on the season, and it was a 2-1 loss at Miami. Uh, and they just went out and beat KU 2 nothing. So 1-0 is not the worst result in the world, but it is a little bit disappointing because uh, uh, this was a big opportunity to take down uh, a larger school. Uh, in the uh, the overarching like realm of women's soccer, uh, last year they got close a lot. They they had some really big draws uh, last year, uh, which is weird to say. But I mean, when K State's like drawing with ranked teams, that that is a big deal. Um, but yeah, they unfortunately just uh, uh, couldn't bring it home, uh, which is is too, it's too bad. But um, more games to be played. Um, it could have been worse, I suppose. Is honestly Certainly a fair. It's honestly a fair assessment of this match. It definitely could have been worse. But yeah, speaking of uh, of could have been worse, it has the potential to be worse. This the day that this episode releases, that is the matchup up against TCU, the ranked TCU Horned Frogs at Boozer Family Park. So it's a Friday night. I know you have a lot of plans on Friday night, but if you're not doing anything else, please be sure to drop by. At stadium to celebrate Soctoberfest because that's actually what the uh, the event is Soctoberfest. Yeah, um, TCU ranked twelfth in the country right now. Uh, they are unbeaten in their last five matches, including a win on the road at number twenty one Texas A and M, drawing with number sixteen Harvard, and drawing with number twenty three Texas, and then a one nil victory over KU. Uh, a match was actually on ESPNU. Uh, as opposed to just ESPN Plus. Wow. Um, but yeah, they, uh, uh, meaning TCU, uh, really good team uh, year in, year out. Uh, a little strange that at least based on this presentation, uh, TCU's ranked and Oklahoma State isn't when Oklahoma State has a really solid record. Um, part of it might just be competition. Uh, doesn't look like Oklahoma State's played many, if any, ranked uh, sides. But regardless, uh, big opportunity, a big event that weekend, Oktoberfest. Um, I will almost certainly not be able to go to it. I wish I could, because uh, Oktoberfest looks fun. Uh, but uh, maybe I'll be able to follow along if nothing else. Um, but yeah, it, it's a big opportunity. Uh, there, there's probably going to be a larger crowd than usual as well for Oktoberfest. Uh, so they, they could really make a statement, uh, um, on day of release, I suppose for, um, 
out of this match. So if you're in the Manhattan area and you need something to do on a Friday night, there will be a soccer match going on and tickets probably will be pretty cheap. Uh, I, 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 I will not make promises. I don't know what they will be, but probably not. It's free. Yeah. And if you're a student, it's free. So walk over, drive over, parking's free for soccer. So, and take a little time. They don't last that long. They're like a couple hours. So it starts at seven, be done by nine. You still have time to go out. So, yep. Celebrate a, a victory or drink away your sorrows with a loss. But <laughs> it's the beautiful thing about going out to a sports game. You know, no matter what, you've got an excuse. Yep. But next up is actually a pretty big dub, and that is for the men's golf team. And they traveled to Wake Forest to participate in the Old Town Collegiate and ended up winning that as the champions. And this is the, I believe it is the fourth? It's the fourth title of the current head coach's tenure here at K-State. And, you know, it's the head coach Grant Robbins, I should say. I should probably say his name, huh? But this is his fourth team title that he's had. And, you know, congratulations to the men's golf team because they are athletes too. Um, and the impressive thing about it being his fourth um, tournament title as the head coach is that it's also a second one this year. Mm-hmm. And they've had exactly two tournaments this year. So um, granted, granted, one of those was um, the home invitational uh, and a lot of the competition wasn't spectacular, but this actually did have um, some pretty solid competition, some larger name schools, uh, K-State beating Wake Forest uh, at what I believe was uh, their home invitational. Yep, it is. Penn State was there. Rutgers was there. Cincinnati was there. Wake Forest actually had two teams competing on uh, this one. There were other schools. Uh, Furman, uh, they got third, but K-State finishes minus 12. Uh, as a squad, um, for those who don't know, low score wins in golf. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what? I'll take a natty in golf. Honestly, I'll take any. <laughs> we I'll take, take any those. We, we do take those. We absolutely do take those. Um, it is a. Uh, um, in the recap, they do mention uh, that the uh, all five Wildcats that were in the lineup, uh, I'll, I'll list them. Cooper Schultz, Will Hopkins, Nicholas Mason, Tim Tillmans, and Lauren Shergan. Uh, They finished with the exact same score of one under par, uh, and all of them tied for 16th, and that is the first time that's ever happened in school history. Hmm. Uh, how about that? How about the Cats? Yeah. Yeah, really, really nice performance. Uh, for the golf team, we we've been talking more about the golf team than I ever expected to. Um, especially because it's fall golf, and golf is generally a uh, a spring sport. Uh, but they do have some fall competitions. So we may have set the record for most time the men's golf team has been mentioned on a podcast. I I think you're right because I'd imagine the over under for all time mentions on any KSA podcast is maybe point five. Excluding like the last two episodes of the show, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, they they do have another meet coming up in October. If you feel like going out to Corvallis, Oregon, to watch them at the Oregon State Invitational, if I don't. I I don't <laughs> either. I will be busy. I have midterms, but um, it, I suppose if hypothetically anybody wants to really go to Corvallis and watch K State golf, you or have an opportunity, you, I guess. 
or if you're already in Corvallis and you're a K-State fan, you How? have no excuse. <laughs> but yeah. Now we've gone over what has happened, but now let's talk about what will happen. And that is baseball announced that they will be in a tournament to open the season, similar to uh, whatever it was called. The tournament they had last year at Globe Life at the Rangers Stadium, it was Auburn, Michigan, and Arizona. Right. Uh, that turn that tournament didn't go too well for us, but we're going to be opening in the Carback Round Rock Classic, which includes teams such as K-State, Iowa, LSU, and Sam Houston. All of those are pretty good baseball programs. So uh, it'll be a gut check. <laughs> if nothing else, uh, yeah, the, it will in fact be a gut check. Um, be huge if the team could come away uh, with some dubs there. I'm just not going to sit here and set expectations high again because last year we were really wanting uh, a, a big year for the Bat-Cats and we, did, we just did not get it. I'm not going to allow myself to be harmed again. We will see what happens this yeah. year. Well, we may have Jackson Wentworth this year. I I really hope so because he's supposed to be incredible and he did not uh, see the field once due to injury last year. So, so look out for the back cats preview when that happens in four months, (laughs) (laughs) like literally a third of a year from now, (laughs) third of a year and like, you know, 40 episodes from now. (laughs) Yeah. It it is a, a ways away. Yeah. But that wraps up the recap segment. Now we can go into everyone's favorite, the wacky segment of the week. On this week, build a team of five to go on Survivor as a cohesive unit. The only caveat is you can pick a maximum of two people per sports teams and coaches are on the table. Would you like to go first? I would. Um, I will start uh, with um dream dowling uh I, I feel as though i have to include him um next i will take uh uso Sayamalo off of the football roster um i'll also add jacob parish for some speed from the football roster um i'll bring in um serena sundell from the basketball team women's basketball team and then i will bring in uh Aaliyah carter uh from the um uh, a volleyball team. Uh, though that's my five. Uh, Jareem is, I guess, the leader. Um, mm. by, by default, as he is a coach, I hope he would lead. Uh, <laughs> Uso is the enforcer. Uh, being being being, being the Uso. <laughs> Other than that, I'd say the rules are kind of undefined. Uh, Jacob Parrish is fast, I guess. <laughs> He'll be there for the speed challenges. Yes, he will. Uh, Leah Carter jumps high. Uh, oh. Serena can shoot from far away i am i hope that that comes in handy as well (laughs) all right so my team ended up being damon uh from the football team then kingsley ugu from the football team Mm -hmm. heavenly greer from the women's basketball team and Mm -hmm. i'll actually end up making a change here It'll be Kalen Culpepper from the baseball team and then Jerome Tang as from the men's basketball team. As for why, 
Uh, Damon Elilio, because Uso was taken. <laughs> because Uso was taken. And we still need that big-bodied enforcer. Then after that, Kingsley Ugu, because you can, you know, just get two enforcers out there. And Kingsley Ugu seems like, you know, he seems like the kind of guy that would enjoy being on Survivor. Like he'd have a, he'd have a grand old time doing it. Follows us on Twitter. Yeah. So he's a man of taste. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Then Heavenly Greer, because if she gets the opportunity to play this year, she's finally escaped the NCAA, which means that yeah. I trust her to do literally anything. She should get to do something. She like <laughs> even if she doesn't get cleared by the NCAA, like they should at least let her go do Survivor so she can do something. Yeah, please. And then Kaylin Culpepper, because he has the he's a good all-rounder, like just like he is on the baseball diamond. He's a good all-rounder. And then Jerome Tang, because I feel like under his leadership, he could motivate them to find a way to not necessarily circumvent every challenge, but do them in such a way that can only be done with intense motivation. Oh, yeah, that's a well-rounded squad right there. Yeah. And your explanations are pretty much better than me in every situation. <laughs> I was just like, he fast, he jump high. She shoot. She shoot ball. <laughs> He big. He is dream. He's dreamed out. It'd be interesting to see those two teams meet up though. Just like uh, how do you think uh how do you think Jareem and Jerome would like how do you think they would uh how much do you think they would how competitive do you think they'd be with it, I guess is what I'm asking. Very, very. I think I think that they would be very competitive. They treat this like life or death. I think that they would. I mean, it's called Survivor, so oh. they take it to another level. Like every single extreme eliminated. The, the safeties are off. The safeties are off. Jerome Tang and Jareem Dowling Survivor. <laughs> but yeah, that pretty much wraps up this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cath Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to contact the show, you can follow us at Aggieville A on Twitter. That's capital A, capital A, and capital C and Cats. If you want to email us, we're AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I am at ACEdwards00. I am at Connor Balthazor, capital C, capital B. And if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville Alley Cats merch store, where you can find such designs as the staff-approved Doom Tang Clan, Play Sandstorm Cowards, and Neon Alley Cats. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.